here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Robin McCarron. And then two weeks after that, we got Money in the Bank. And then two weeks after that, we got Starcade. And then two weeks after that, we got Halloween Havoc. Jeff Hawkins. I'm Dana Brooke. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Destination America's canceled TNA. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes, episode 172, I think. Jeff, do you have uh, you have the official count there as the treasurer of Shake Them Ropes? You have the official ah. count? I don't. You've thrown me off here. I, I throw you off because, uh, yeah, you usually do the intros. Mm-hmm. And I Let basically said, uh, screw that. <laughs> you didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I, I kept you in the dark. Brought you into the light. We have no time for bullshit, Jeff. We don't? We have a lot to talk about today. You're trying to kill me with these schedules. Last week, I am. We late. This week, we're early. It is once, you're correct. It is 172, sir. 172. Shake Them Ropes episode 172. Follow us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Follow Jeff at Crap Game 13. Rob, before we start. Oh, before we start. Okay. Bow down to bow my down. Bola prognostication skills. All right. Well, let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> So last week on the show, and when we did our episode with Derek Montilla, uh, who was there enjoying the show, mm-hmm. on Shake Them Ropes, I gave you a couple of names of people I thought might win. Mm-hmm. One of those names was uh, Pentagon Jr. Yes. Another one of those names was Jeff Cobb. Yes. Those are my two picks to win. So guess what Mr. Super Dragon did? <laughs> Put them in the very first two matches, had Pentagon Jr. lose, had Jeff Cobb lose, so I was immediately shut out of my predictions before three matches even took place on this show. <laughs> so what happens then? Then people are tweeting at us. Hey, Matt Riddle might win. And you were like, no way will he win. And I was like, maybe, maybe it's the year of Matt Riddle. Guess what happened? Literally in the next match, Matt Riddle comes out and loses. So I stopped making predictions at that point because I was Ofer and Ofer bad. <laughs> the best part is the director of uh, the ECW documentary, Barbed Wire City, tweets at the, because I did the wrestling with words prediction contest. And I just said, you know, I think Marty Skrull's going to win. <laughs> he's like, oh, so now your best Twitter buddy also is in on it. And of course, it's all a conspiracy because now Super Danny was listening and it's like, Dude, I didn't even go to the dumb thing. So it's like, oh, it's my fault that I that I think I know how they think. Okay, right. great. You know, it's like, yes, it's a conspiracy for me to win Scenic City Invitational tickets if I can fly out there. Yes. Yeah, it was not a good weekend for me on the prognostications. And <laughs> we got more. It, so you well, might be able to redeem yourself. I might be able to redeem myself on Sunday. I may be too dead. <laughs> For redemption Hold on. on Saturday. 
you don't have to eat the hat on Saturday, sir. You can, well, I you know. can wait because we need a video event and we need to make some money doing this. Well, I don't believe even if CM Punk fights in the UFC, if you're unfamiliar, I tweeted back in October of 2015, by the way, I tweeted out that if CM Punk ever fought in UFC, I would eat my hat. I was so confident he would never fight in the UFC. And we're coming up on D-Day, Jeff, coming up on Saturday, CM Punk versus Mickey Gall. Now, I have a lot of outs, okay? Uh, If Phil Brooks shows up. No. Get out of here. If it's Phil Brooks versus Mickey Gall, I'm out. I'm good. What if it's Phil CM Punk Brooks? Well, then I think that's a gray area, I'm going to (laughs) say. I'm going to say it's a gray area. But I may have to eat the hat at that point. But here's the thing. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes commissioneering going on with these licensing folks. CM Punk shouldn't be fighting on a main card of a UFC show. He has no amateur fights. None, I agree. None I agree. whatsoever. So we can all agree that this fight is a sham. <laughs> now, I believe I have grounds for appeal if CM Punk actually does get in the octagon. I believe I can tie this up in the courts until at least 2020. I could Tom Brady my way to everyone forgetting about ever eating the hat. How about double or nothing CM Punk wins? Oh, <laughs> I'll take that one right now. Are you offering no, no, that? I meant, no, I meant if he wins, you eat two hats. Well, no, what's in it for me? <laughs> what's in it? He's not winning a fight. I mean, even if he gets in the ring. Now, here's my other out. CM Punk, Mickey Gall, the bell rings. CM Punk walks up. Mickey Gall hits him with a right and knocks him right down. CM Punk didn't fight in the UFC. He stood in the UFC. Hold on. What would his official record be? Uh, his official record would be 0-1. Thank you. That means he fought in the UFC. Mm. Legally, mm. sir. I may not be able to go that route then, huh? Nope. Okay. Well, now, glad now we have that all cleared up. Now, now, if CM Punk broke his straight edge pledge and oh. took drugs Whoa. and got it over, overturned, it'd be a no contest. See, but you'd have to wait for the results yeah. in order to eat the hat. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I can play up the no contest because if there's no contest, there's no fight. Correct. Yes. Mm. God, I hate that I lawyered your way out of yeah, this. Yeah, I like it. I, I feel like I'm still the favorite to come out of here without having to eat the hat. I feel like I'm a big, heavy favorite. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. That fight's happening in Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland itself may shut down. No what fight. Is that hat? What is that hat you're wearing tonight? Because that thing is ugly. W- no. No, the girlfriend's I mother think. got this for me. I I didn't wear it properly tonight okay. is that what might... the issue was. The hat it looks... itself is great. It is a uh, Dominican Republic hat that, oh, okay. I'm, that I'm wearing. I thought um, it might be Montreal Expos. No, like... although that would be cool too. The Expos rule. Uh, no, it is a Dominican Republican or Dominican uh, Republic hat. It is very cool. I have it uh, as large as it can be. I was playing it up for comedic effect. Mm. Jeff, as you know, I am a stellar, almost professional comedian. Wow. Wow. And go toe to toe with anyone. I bring Patton Oswald in here. I can, uh, I can run the floor with him. I can make that happen. Possibly. Was that a uh, acceptable reference? Is Patton Oswald at the top of the comedy game right now? Mm, he's a bit in mourning right now. So he's not doing a lot of comedy. Whatever happened but, to Dane yes. Cook? He was at the top of the comedy game at one point at like 12 years ago. Whatever happened to Dane Cook? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> this guy was an employee of the month. 
This guy was selling out MSG, sir. Oh, I know. But everybody has those runs. It's like wrestling. If you get a good gimmick going, you can sell out anything just about. Yeah. Look at look can... at Larry the Cable Guy. He has a great gimmick. He has a great him. gimmick. Dan has a great gimmick over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got it going on. Um, what would uh, what would your gimmick be, Jeff? If you had to create oh. like this comedy character, what would your, no, what I would try, your gimmick I did, be? I did stand up for a number of years. You and did then, stand up, uh, but were you a gimmick or were you yourself telling jokes? I was myself, but of course, nobody wants a cynical, bitter you know, late teen, 20 something. Cause I hadn't grown into that yet. So ah, it's, it's, you can't so it's be, more sad. Than right. It. Yeah. You yeah. can't be the cynical guy until you're at least 40. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm about to hit my prime. You are about to hit your cynical. <laughs> who, who is the, uh, who's the cynical <laughs> prime comedian? Andy right Kindler. Andy Kindler is yes. You are right. Yes. Before that, I'm, I'm picturing a guy, but I forget his name. There was a guy yes. before him. I could probably help you. Yeah. Older guy, brown hair, old face. Look like, uh, looks like Keith, Keith Richards a little bit. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to stew on that. I'm going to have to stew on that one. Has an old wrestling to talk to. about. Let's get, to we it. do have some grabs to talk about. We, at yeah, we have a little wrestling to talk about. I mean, people don't listen to the show for wrestling, do they? Everyone's a comedian on WWE except the one guy who should be on TV doing comedy, and they put him on the Facebook video page, and that was that Heath Slater segment, which was absolutely great. Heath Slater's great. Now Jeez. we have we have some breaking news because we are recording the show on Tuesday late night after SmackDown. We have kept our promise. We have watched Raw. We have watched SmackDown. We had mm-hmm. to this week because we have a pay per view coming up on Sunday, and That's- it's a good thing we recorded this after SmackDown because we have breaking news about the whole tag team scene. Yes, we do. Heath yeah. Slater and Rhino mm-hmm. are in the finals. Yes. They won tonight on SmackDown. They're in the finals at yes. Backlash, but they are not going to face their original scheduled opponents of American Alpha. No, the Usos turned tonight and or on they, Talking they cemented, Smack. They cemented their turn. They cemented the turn, yes. But on Talking Smack, they have now created a match between the two losers of the matches tonight. So it will be the Usos versus the Hype Bros. And the winner will be facing Rhino and Heath Slater, which is a very smart move because there's no way you could have an injured American Alpha as as a white meat babyface team taking on Heath Slater and Rhino because American Alpha would get booed out of the damn building. Now, here's my question going into our prognostications. There's no way Heath Slater and Rhino win this now, right? Oh, there's no way. Okay. There's no way they win uh, with the way that they've done all of this stuff. You had the Usos taking out American Alpha, as you said. Now it's the Usos versus the Hype Bros. So the two I, losing teams mm-hmm. in the semifinals are going to face off the winner now facing Heath Slater and Rhino. Uh, but before we get to the whole prognostication on the actual pay-per-view coming up on Sunday, Heath Slater had his kids at ringside. The Heath <laughs> kids thing is taking off, right? Um, this is a guy. They found is, the only six redheads in Nebraska. It's amazing. <laughs> he's taking off. It's insanity. He Slater is a vital part of the show. Almost. I dare to say. And it's amazing. They've gotten a lot of people over on this SmackDown. Rhino. Sure. Rhino is getting the crowd more into him week by week. Carmella is Carmella. getting reactions. Carmella, man. Alexa I'm telling you, is getting reactions. Second generation superstar. Carmella. I've been telling you for weeks and I'm going to tell enjoy- you again later on. I'm enjoying her heel work. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. 
Her heel she's not, she's not fine. yet. She's not. Let's put it this way. She's not yet technically proficient or anything, but she has some sort of presence as a heel, as opposed to being a babyface. She's so. not technically proficient. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, but I'm a big fan of what's going on with some of the stuff on SmackDown. I'm I'm less of a fan of some other stuff. It's a more positive show. I mean, yeah. it starts out with everybody saying yes. And it's, you know, they still do some of the bad tropes of WWE booking. You know, the the everybody gather in the ring and stare at each other and talk until it breaks out into a malay or right. something like that, you know, or, or you know, contract signings or verbal debates mm-hmm. or guy out there doing color commentary who ends up interfering in the match. You know, Apollo Crews losing in terrible ways. You know, they do all these things. <laughs> Apollo Crews is dead. Oh, he's dead. It's sad a little bit. He's deader than the crew of Apollo one. (sighs) That that's Jeff Hawkins, by the way, schooling (laughs) me in comedy on this show, tying in both a space tragedy with a, it was on land. It was here in America. With a developmental wrestling. Oh, it's just bad. (laughs) I'm sorry. At shake them ropes. Do you listen to STR for wrestling talk? A hundred percent of the votes so far incoming say yes. Okay. They listen, oh, you, you tweeted. They okay. listen for wrestling talk. More on this poll as the show continues. Before we get into uh, Jeff's keys from Raw and SmackDown and this big mm. backlash pay-per-view coming up, not to mention, by the way, we have next week the Cruiserweight Classic Finals which I think we'll probably just talk about tonight since there's really not much else. Ah, well, maybe not. We have the show airing on Wednesday night mm-hmm. uh, still to figure out the other two semifinalists. So we'll uh, we'll save that. I, I hesitate to save it for next week, really, because by next week, everyone will have already watched the Cruiserweight Finals before listening to us. So I don't want to spend too much time previewing it next week. So we'll probably just talk about it a little bit this week. Uh, maybe our show next week should be after that show. I'd be down. We should if do we're a, not, are, if we're not doing a live. Are we doing live backlash or not? Oh, you know what? We should do live. Oh, uh, well, uh, that's a good question, Jeff. I can do live for both if you need me to. It's a good question. We should figure that out. Um, stay follow, tuned to the Twitter. Yes, yeah, stay tuned to the Twitter feed. Uh, <laughs> catch that. On air. Production meetings on air. Yeah, scheduling <laughs> meetings on air. Yeah, just the scheduling's been crazy. This whole month is crazy. Like, and this is the thing. I try to uh, make sure we have a show for everyone because I like doing the show. You like doing the show. Uh, we both like doing this show and and having something out there and talking with everybody and and conversing with everyone who disagrees with everything we say uh, on Twitter. And we want to do it, but it's been a struggle, as you know, Jeff, because I've bounced you around from time zone to time zone uh, for the last couple of weeks. So I it, suffer for my art. Right? I know uh, we, we suffer for the art, but we do it because I spent most of July talking about how we never take weeks off. And then I've been so tempted to just say, you know what? I can't do a show this week. I, I don't, I don't want to take show. a week off. I don't want to take a week Solo off. Show. I know. I know. I know. It's an option. I ape, I ape Lanza and I just go on weird tangents. It'll be cool. <laughs> just do the <laughs> just do the weird tangents. How was uh, how much money do you think the old day segment earned on Raw? Jeez, oh, I think it lost money. Lost money. Yeah, because you had to pay the performers. No return on investment. You're saying <laughs> very little. Huh. I you know, but there was a lot of this. 
bad comedy all week. So, I mean, it, it, they're not the only culprits here. But, man, that was uncomfortably bad for me. I don't know about you. I mean, but then again, I'm more harshly critical of such things than you are. Um, old man Hawkins on yeah. his porch yelling at a cloud. I think um, we had this We had this a few months ago, too, where the New Day were yes. involved in just a completely pitiful segment, and it was cringeworthy, and you couldn't wait till it was over, and you're like, why are they doing this? Why are they putting this on for 15 minutes? And then they rebounded the next week, and they're yeah. entertaining, and they're usually doing that. You it, know what it is? It's it's the involvement of the club. That's what it is. I, I mean, so. New Day are The New Day are fine, but, but I, I can't take the club as serious threats to anything with them doing this kind of lighthearted jocular comedy type of act. I think they, I thought when they beat up the Dudleys that it was going to be a rebirth because they had just done the coda on the balls in jars angle and, you know, had, you know, said we're going to have a rematch. And then later in the show, they came out and had a real strict beatdown of the Dudleys. I thought, okay, now they're born again, hardcore, but man, the worst thing you can do is, is make Vince laugh backstage. Cause then you have to do it every week. The tweets are rolling in on this poll. Oh, jeez. Do you listen to STR for wrestling talk? 76% say yes. Right. 24% say no. Conservative Smark on the Twitter feed says, yup. John Sparks, good friend John Sparks. John Sparks, by the way, you can catch him on Twitter at John Sparks. Sparks with a Z. Uh, he is the creator of our album cover art. The yes. Shake Them Ropes cover art that you see if you subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, wherever you may see it. Uh, he is the creator, so we thank him for uh, doing that. I think we're going on a year now with that cover art. It has been the best cover art we've had, and you can get uh, you can get your own. You want uh, John Sparks to help you out, build your brand, you can do that at Mixamania.com. Throw him a little, uh, a little plug there, uh, supporting us. We support him. But he says, in response to do you listen to STR for wrestling talk? He says, does a bear shit in the woods? I don't know if I can confirm that. Jeff, do you know, does a bear shit in the woods? I'm fed up with this poll. Let's talk wrestling. You're fed up with the poll. I am. I, I really am T tonight. I don't want to be staying up late for you doing a comedy bit. I really don't. Wow. Jeff, sorry. Jeff listens to this show for the wrestling talk. He is a yes voter. Uh, we got, we do have, before we get into this pay-per-view, I want to ask you about the cruiserweights. We'll get okay. into the pay-per-view. We got we got some time here. Oh, I thought we were going to get into Raw and SmackDown and, you know, well, this is Raw. 100 and things of that nature. Oh, you? No, okay. Oh, we're on to Raw. The cruiserweights. Okay. We keep getting all these names. By now, they've, mm -hmm. they've announced like half the field of the cruiserweight classic is showing up on Raw sometimes. I am under the impression that we will get, it's not so much under the impression by anything, but this is my my thought, my view of what the cruiserweight division will be on raw for at least the first three months, barely any regulars at all. You shuffle some guys in, you shuffle some guys out. You bring a guy like Jack Gallagher in for a couple of episodes. Now, some of these guys might be getting signed full time for NXT and they show up on raw every once in a while. But aside from the cruiserweight champion, aside from whoever that cruiserweight champions main challenger is aside from maybe a couple of other guys, I see the division may, mainly being like four or five regulars at a time. And then a bunch of guys shuffled in for appearances here and there. I don't think you're going to get three to four cruiserweight matches on raw weekly. Uh, am I out to lunch there? Could it be different? What do you see as happening on the cruiserweight division for raw? I don't have a lot of hope for it. 
mostly because of prior history. I think what you're going to get is you're going to, I think you're right in that you're going to have a few regulars and you're going to be getting guys that people know from the televised tournament cycled in there to lose to those guys. But what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, we want you to go five or six minutes, put in everything you can into that tournament to pop the crowd and get it excited for the beginning of the show. And then just go into raw pretty much, you know, it's like that, first hour of nitro type thing where you had all the, all the luchadors in the first hour and the Malenko's of the world and, you know, hot wrestling that guys were really getting into, but they'd talk about Hogan the entire time. You know, it's, I'd like it to be what it is on the network, but that's not the vision of raw. So I don't know if you're going to get those exciting matches that have time to build drama and stuff. I think you're going to get a lot of high spots, uh, condensed into a very short match. And and it'll pop people for a while until you notice that all those moves are the same match after match after match, as opposed to drawn a long, drawn-out story. What do you think? I, I think we'll get... Eh, with the number of pay-per-views they have, and with Raw having a pay-per-view you know, every month, I don't know about long, drawn-out stories for the Cruiserweight division... But I see a champion being a champion and having one feud from month to month. I, I don't see oh, a lot of mixes. Oh, I think you'll have that. I mean, I think you'll have the build to the pay-per-view, but I think the build to the pay-per-view will be the, be the same as every other build. That, that, that's true. And and I guess uh, to answer that question another way, um, like the women's division on Raw. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's Charlotte and whoever she's facing. They've done away with having kind of like the background feuds. On SmackDown, all six are tied together. We'll see what happens when we finally have a SmackDown women's division champion, and we'll see what they do breaking these uh, these women up. I don't think we're going to have like storyline A in the Cruiserweights and storyline B. I think we'll have one storyline for the Cruiserweights, and that's it. Would not shock me. And I think you, you'll probably get a bunch of multi-man matches, much like... You know, they do for the mid-card belts or they used to. And and there'll be matches just for matches, right? I I just don't think we're going to get a lot of storylines, at least up front. We're going to have six-man tags of the Cruiserweight division. We might have regular tag team matches. We're going to have whatever the Cruiserweight championship. I believe that they will have the winner of the Cruiserweight Classic become the Cruiserweight champion. I agree. And the first night on Raw is the Cruiserweights. You'll have a Cruiserweight championship match. Mm-hmm. And, and and that may be TJ Perkins, right? It'll now, be a I, rematch. It will be a rematch. It'll be TJ be. Perkins probably and, and whoever he faced. Right. Because I, I think, you know, right now I have TJ Perkins winning this thing and 95%, unless they somehow can convince Kota Ibushi to sign full time with WWE. And I don't see that happening. I don't think he wants to do that. I think the best case scenario for WWE getting Kota Ibushi back is one shot deals here and there. Maybe, yeah. maybe an appearance on Raw sometime. More likely, maybe even getting him on the NXT tour of Australia and Japan in December. Like that would be a big coup for them if they can get him on the December Osaka show. But other than that, I don't see Kota Ibushi full time. So I see TJ Perkins winning this thing, showing up on Raw as the Cruiserweight champion, having a either rematch or a match with somebody else, Tommaso Ciampa, something like that. Uh, But that's the division. It's going to be TJ Perkins wrestling matches here and there and then matches just for the sake of matches, at least at the start. Yeah, and I think we we view it differently than they do it. I think we view it as I mean, we we got into the stories of each of these matches, especially this last episode which was phenomenal. Oh, so good. And they yeah, and so and they, and, they, and, they, and they're going to view it by the crowd reaction and go, "Okay, go out there and do it again, but you have less time." I think that's how it's going to be. Right. Yeah, it, it it'll be fun though. It'll be interesting. I mean, it's going to be surreal seeing some of these guys on WWE TV and especially if they put a lot of them on at the same time. 
And I still think at least one of them's getting squashed by Braun Strowman <laughs> sooner could, than later. You could do that. Uh, another question I had is we had on SmackDown tonight again. Uh, it wasn't a rando this time, but Kane coming out to just completely beat up Fandango. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Braun Strowman beating up dudes on Raw. Any chance that Kane and Braun Strowman are on a collision course for each other? Maybe on a supercard, perhaps. Yeah, Survivor Series. I, I don't think so. I think that I still think they're building up Kane and uh, Baron. Baron. Yeah, I think that's a match that we're going to see on Sunday. Yeah, and I, I I don't know why they built up Bo, but I think Bo's getting killed by Braun. <laughs> Bo, Bo could be killed by Braun. It was very random seeing Bo Dallas all of a sudden. There's a lot of random stuff on that show. I, I want to take you to task for your Enzo Cass. Well, this is the one. Okay. All right. So on Twitter last night on Raw, uh, you had the Enzo and Cass tag team match against the Shining Stars. The Shining Stars win. Okay. And people go and ape on the old Twitter timeline. Like, this is the most egregious thing of all time. Why in hell would you have the Shining Stars beat Enzo and Cass? Enzo and Cass are the super overact. Why are they losing? Yada, yada, yada. And all I all I basically said was calm down. It, mm-hmm. It's not egregious. Mm-hmm. Shining stars. It makes sense for them to win this match. Am I saying it's the right call versus the wrong call? No. Stop. I want you to stop right there. I will. I'll stop right I was, here. I, I was not disagreeing with the call. Oh, I don't even know what you were saying. I honestly, okay. I didn't get Let any ex- of your reaction. So here you are. The floor, Jeff Hawkins, is yours. After you this quick did- poll update. I'm just kidding. Go. <laughs> Here's what you did. You did a fantastic job. And I, I will admit oh, this. You oh, did a fantastic well, thank you. job. Thank you. Of applying logic and and fantasy booking of things that went unsaid on television. That's what I do, man. I, I'm I'm Mr. Logic. I bring logic and intelligence but, to the wrestling discourse. Uh, <laughs> my point. <more laughs> Sounds like a poll. Sounds like a poll. <laughs> my point is more that. You were filling in these gaps that they weren't telling on television and they probably haven't even thought of. They probably just, because you were saying things like, well, maybe it's because Cass has been on this singles push and they haven't teamed for a while. And it, and it's this, and there's this great big story with depth that they had no interest in doing. They did it for shock value and to build up an opponent for Cass and Enzo pretty much. And it's going to be 50, 50 all the way here. I like your story. They need to pay it off. But right now, you can't say all those things you were saying as legitimate analysis because what they say on TV is what the canon is. And they said none of these things that you were throwing out there as excuses um, on television. Yeah. And the issue is, if you watch the television, should the announcers be you know, explaining the stories? Yes, that's their job, right? I mean, they absolutely should be. They can allude to it. They don't need to hit me over the head with it. Yeah. And I think the issue is if I'm just paying attention to what I'm saying, it is not as if Enzo and big Cass have been proven to be this great tag team. Shining stars have won some matches. They've lost some matches. Enzo and Cass as a tag team have beaten the old broken down Dudley boys. And then what? They lose a lot of their matches. They lost to the vaudevillains. Sure. Enzo got hurt, but they were going to lose that match anyway to get the tag title shot. They were not going to win that match. Enzo and Cass on television are not that great of a tag team. They never won the NXT tag team titles. They haven't won the WWE tag team titles. They're Mm -hmm. not in the WWE tag team title picture. And guess Mm -hmm. what else? Big Cass is better on his own. He got, he, he wins singles matches when Enzo got hurt. He won a singles match to get him into a universal championship shot on television. Big Cass is better by himself. 
And he's not the one who lost to the Shining Stars. Enzo Amore did. The Enzo Amore who doesn't win anything ever. And that would be a great story to tell if they told it on TV or even alluded to it on TV. And especially if Enzo gets the big pin in the big match for, say, the titles. And he gets redemption. But they haven't yet. And they haven't established that yet. So you are, in Twitter terms, working yourself into a shoot. Could be. <laughs> just trying to make sense of it, man. I just got one other thing on Raw. Really, trying to make because sense I, thought the, I thought the main event program was darn good. Um, Roman's inclusion. You knew they were going to do it, but I love just the interest of, of KO. What's a, Triple H's motives? Stephanie acting straight. McFoley doing some of the best acting of his career. I'm going to go to something else. I told you they needed to wait on taking the belt off of Sasha because now neither her nor Bailey are getting this belt. I don't think I, I just, you know, the, the, I liked the angle kind of, but it feels like there's your secondary storyline is going to be the Sasha Bailey story. Meanwhile, Dana and Charlotte are going to be the top one. I, I think they should have waited to take the belt off of Sasha to see how bad the injury was. But. Yeah. And that's tough with injuries though, because WWE's had a lot of uh, unfortunate experience with injuries in the last year, last two years. So you can understand yeah, but, how they're kind of gun shy though, right? Well, you can use it to build up Charlotte's character though. That's the thing is, is and if it turns out to be legit, then she's the one who put her out. And she becomes much more vicious about it, much more gets more heel heat out of it. Now it's just kind of like a, you know, the match on Raw really didn't mean all that much. And, you know, even though it was a big moment and and everybody popped like mad for it, but now it just means that's another title change. Whereas whereas you could have rebranded Sasha as a, you know, fighting babyface coming back from injury, perhaps maybe a bit too soon, and and Charlotte as a as a killer. I, I you know, that's me. And of course, they yeah. they was it just me or did they promise Bailey the shot at Clash of Champions and now they've switched it? <laughs> they did, but uh, yes. plans, plans change. change. Yeah, I, I figure Bailey's probably going to blow it for Sasha, and that's how they're going to move off of that feud. Yeah, it could be. I I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're mm-hmm. going to do. Uh, but Sasha Banks is back. And Sasha Banks will wrestle a match and then go away for another two weeks or two months <laughs> with an injury. Don't say that. Don't. Could? I mean, this has been her her MO. Here's my poll for you. Who took those turnbuckle headshots worse? Charlotte or Dana? Dana. Okay. Poor Dana. Although they did right by Bailey, I think. They've oh, given Dana. her a Hulk up spot. Yeah. I mean, that's for they've big done time well. Stars. They've done well so far. I'm shocked. With Bailey. By it, to be honest with you. Yeah, it is a bit yeah, of a surprise. It is a bit of a surprise, but they've done pretty well uh, with going into that. So that was uh, that was raw. Um, okay. And I won the uh, Enzo and Cass argument, obviously. <laughs> um, I've pretty much won every argument we've had on the show, which hasn't been that many. We kind of had the same thoughts about Ron Smackdown this week. Keep moving. Please. Largely. Uh, let's go into this backlash show. Uh, we have the main event. Let's go main event first. Okay. Because it is, it is the match I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, I believe we're going to have a new WWE world champion and I believe it's going to usher in an area, an era that'll be really important for SmackDown because if they go gung ho on this heel, AJ styles as the face that runs the place and the brands champion leading into one of the, the big four pay-per-views where all the brands are together and AJ styles is a big star uh, it could be really important, not just for that show, but for WWE in general on the big four pay-per-views. I think AJ wins here. 
I think he becomes the cemented WWE world champion. And I think he holds the title for a very, very, very long time unless John Cena comes back and just wants to win it. Uh, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose will be my match of the night. And I'm looking forward to see what AJ Styles pulls out here as he is in maybe one of the best stretches. I mean, his New Japan stretch was amazing. Uh, TNA, when he first went heel, was a pretty great run. But this is a guy who's motivated to be the top guy in WWE, something he never thought he was going to have the chance to do. AJ Styles becoming your WWE world champion against Dean Ambrose. I'll say something about tonight's SmackDown. I think this is the best Dean promo I've seen since he's been champ. And I think this is one of the not so good nights for AJ Styles since he's been put in this position. I he's he's bordering on goofy as opposed to angry now. And it's not fun to watch because of the, they, they've fallen in love with this face that runs the place thing. I tend to agree with you. I tend to think that maybe they could have hold, held off and have Dean somehow pull this out by controversy and prompting a rematch for a bigger win on a more high-profile show for AJ Styles. But, you know, conventional wisdom says you got to give the belt to AJ here. Yeah. To make him oh, yeah. a bigger, bigger heel. And that really, you know, this character that Dean is playing doesn't need the belt. No. And re- he really doesn't. No, he doesn't. And he's had it. I mean, this is a guy who's been protected like no one's business. Dean Ambrose, yeah. by the way, is still the WWE linear champion. The guy hasn't lost singles matches since what, May? This is unbelievable yeah. to me. Like Dolph Ziggler would have won this title and lost every single week. Whether it be count out, whether it be pinfall, whatever, slip on a banana pill, I don't know. Dean Ambrose doesn't lose. Dean Ambrose has not lost. I think the streak's running. Unless I missed a loss here in the last week, Dean Ambrose has not lost a singles match in any way, shape, or form for like three or four months. Yeah, I think you give it to AJ here and you build to a match against Cena at Survivor Series, which AJ cheats to win and then he loses the belt probably at Rumble, maybe. Last week's SmackDown, Dean Ambrose lost by DQ. Yes. So be it. Other than that, though, I mean, the streak still stands. A Mm -hmm. DQ loss to Baron Corbin, whatever. Um, Yeah, it's been unbelievable. I I think, I I mean, AJ Styles wins the belt here and it's going to be... You know, hopefully for a long period of time. I think they have some confidence in AJ, at least to run the second show. You know, is, I, is it clean or does he get help from, say, a Baron Corbin? No, not not after you do the big win against Cena. He didn't right. need any help for Cena. I think he doesn't need any help for the championship. And if you're going to run with him, if you're going to make him this big time, uh, you know, face of SmackDown and the heel big time champion, he has to win it and he has to win it in convincing fashion. I mean, this guy has to give the Styles Clash to Dean Ambrose and put him away for good. Okay. That's what has to happen here. Uh, what else do we got in this pay-per-view as I've lost I've lost my windows? Let's do the six-pack challenge. Um, okay. Carmella and Nikki Bella, I think, are the final two. Uh, one of those two are winning this championship. I feel still that they're going to give the title program to those two. Uh, any chance, however, that Becky Lynch squeaks away with the win? Minor, but I don't think so. I think because if you look at the logic of the booking, Carmella's gotten the upper hand on Nikki all these weeks, and yeah. Nikki now gets the pin for the title, although it's an elimination match. So I believe they established it as an elimination match tonight, if I'm not mistaken. And if that's the case, I think Nikki ends up stealing a pin against Becky Lynch. 
in the process and then pins Carmelo for the final pin for the belt. Six pack challenge. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know if it'll be Carmelo or Nikki Bella. I see Carmelo somehow squeaking away with the win. Maybe Carmelo and Nikki Bella are the final two. Whoever's eliminated third somehow plays in that finish there. Um, but Carmella, I, I see going as the women's champion and then head. I don't in. see How do you make that case after she's beat up Nikki for the last three weeks, including tonight? I make the case by I'm not, I'm going against what they usually do on TV. I know the history. Okay. They look great going in, so they lose. But I mean, what's the point of having Nikki Bella win? She's a star and she well, has she a new reality a... and she has a new reality show coming out. Right. But then you admit that they're probably still going to do the program with Carmella, right? Yeah. So what is Carmella going to chase after the belt from Nikki yeah, Bella it's for the belt? It's important. Oh, now. geez. I mean, I, I see it. I see it could happen. Those okay. are my two picks. It's not like well, I'm saying Nikki Bella has no chance. Right. I just don't. I, I think Carmella wins it. Mm-hmm. I think Carmella doesn't win it clean and convincingly, but no. I, I see her winning it. And then you go Carmella and Nikki Bella at no mercy. Okay. Which I believe is the October pay-per-view for SmackDown. I think it's no mercy. Uh, either way, the tag team tournament. We have the Usos and the Hype Bros facing off. The winner is going to challenge Heath Slater and Rhino for the right to become the first SmackDown tag team champions of the new era. So I got to figure we've talked about it already. The Usos beating the Hype Bros gets them into the title match. The Usos beat Heath Slater and Rhino. And now you have the Usos who, and this sets a bad precedent, does it not? The Usos just take out American Alpha and all of a sudden they get their place. So now why wouldn't any wrestler just take out somebody? Take a baseball bat to their knee. Nancy, well, they don't, Nancy they Kerrigan. don't necessarily. They have to win a match. Yeah, in order yeah to but win. the fact that they're getting the chance at all. Put the villains in there against the Hype Bros and punish the Usos for taking out their opponents. Punish them. But instead, we have Daniel Bryan. You know, his head is a little rattled right now. He may not be thinking clearly. Wow. You got the Usos and the Hype Bros. The Usos are going to win. They're going to go up against Heath Slater and Rhino. The Usos will win that. They'll become the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Everyone and their mother knows that the American Alpha team should have been in there and should have probably won. And now you have American Alpha against the Usos. Alpha chasing the team that they beat in this tournament. That's a pretty cool story. That will get you to no mercy. Uh, So yeah, I think there's no chance the Usos don't win this tournament. There's one chance. And it and it's because of what they did tonight, I think. There's a chance that Heath Slater and Rhino pull out a victory against the Usos. And the Usos beat on Heath Slater in front of his family to the point where Heath Slater and Rhino can't defend the belts. And so the Usos get another match, this time possibly against American Alpha down the road. I think that'd be a terrible way to go, but that's that's something I could see where they pay off this Heath Slater storyline because they can't have this go any better and they can't have this be heightened anymore. So they have to pay it off some way or just reboot it. So you could have Heath Slater finally get his moment and then get his ass absolutely destroyed by the Usos to get heat on them. There's a way to do it. I don't think they will. I agree with you. The conventional wisdom says the Usos cheat Heath Slater out of his moment. But then I wonder what you do with Heath, <laughs> to be honest with you. How do you get him on this roster That's now true. officially? That's true. So so I'm 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 hedging my bets a bit, but not much. I, I do agree with you mostly. Oh well, Heath Slater loses. Daniel Bryan rejects him from a contract on SmackDown. And then all of a sudden it's September nineteenth. 
And you have <laughs> September, uh, yeah, September 19th, right? Yeah. You have on Raw the cruiserweight division kicking off, and all of a sudden there's this new masked cruiserweight from Georgia, and it's Heath Slater. No, you got to go the conventional route. They'll get, they'll get screwed out of the tag team titles, and Daniel Bryan will give him one last chance yeah. one-on-one against the Uso who Probably. did it. He'll win on the TV, and then it'll be a big celebration. Something will happen there, but yeah, I think there's no way the Usos don't win uh, here. So you have Usos becoming your tag team champions. The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship. I am 100% gung-ho on The Miz, keeping this championship all the way till WrestleMania. Yeah, I think I think he becomes longest reigning of all time. I think he breaks Honky Tonk Man's record. Break records, get people invested in the challenger for WrestleMania, make people just want to hate the Miz. And, and he's he, doing a good job. Oh, I mean, they're great. just not fo- they're just not following up on it. So, but yeah, I, I don't. God, and I don't know what you do with Dolph after this, unless you turn him heel. But we've been saying that for ages now, and they never do it. So that's right. I mean, Dolph Ziggler's just kind of in limbo a little bit. He's getting mm-hmm. all these title matches. I mean, he's getting the match with Dean Ambrose. Now he's getting an Intercontinental Championship match. What has he done to deserve any of this? He was pretty damn entertaining on Talking Smack tonight. But other than that. Yeah, so that's how he wins championship matches? I didn't say that. I don't know. Oh, Jeff Hawkins. That's how he wins tournament matches. Quote, unquote, Jeff Hawkins. Mm, thank R- you. Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt. They, Randy Orton did a lot of talking about hunting today. <laughs> okay. Did you Is hear that story in there? No. He just did a no. lot of talking about hunting. What'd you think of the go home promos for Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt? Randy Orton going out there and talking about, you know, uh, hunting rabbits and and making sure the snake doesn't bite him and all of a sudden getting eaten by the snake. Bray did his usual doing a great delivery while saying nothing. And Randy Orton, I didn't like the promo. Ra- Randy Orton was telling the story about hunting and finding a rabbit and the snake meets up with the hunter. He uh, is not a guy to, yeah, he is not a guy to tell us. And, and the hunter is worried about the snake and the snake's just letting the hunter pick up the rabbit and the hunter picks up the rabbit and the snake bites him because now he can have more than just the rabbit. People he can have the hunter and see, the rabbit. People do not want to see Randy Orton monologue. They want to see him tell him that they're going to kick his ass and RKO out. Well, nowhere. it's almost like a light bulb went off in his head too while he was telling the story because part of the story is talking about how Snakes are more afraid of you than you are of them. And I'm like, right. well, Randy Orton, you're supposed to be the snake. <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, oh shit, I have to make the snake a badass. And then the snake kills everybody. This is the moral of the story. The snake kills everybody after yes. people don't think that they're f- afraid of the snake. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So that means Randy Orton's going to win, right? No. I think tell this stories feud, and win. This feud must continue. This feud I must think. continue. All right, so how many uh, how many props, how many holograms, how many TVs, how many anything out of the world of pro wrestling are going to be involved in this match? I think a couple of tables are going to get broken. Oh, I think maybe the rocking chair gets broken, and I think Eric Rowan somehow is involved. Could we see another Randy Orton psycho moment where he's just completely destroying tables at ringside with Bray Wyatt's body a la the Christian match? Yes. Oh, very much so. Get a total destruction of Bray Wyatt. Kind of playing off the Brock Lesnar match a little bit. Like Randy Orton just Mm -hmm. tired of it. Going to destroy fools. I'm open for a teased punt. Oh, 
Oh, tease punt. Can't do the punt anymore. Can't do it, but you can tease it. You can tease it. Can't do it, but you can certainly tease it. That is WWE Backlash, the first of two pay-per-views this month in September. Uh, match of the night. I'm with Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles. You think something else might uh, surpass it? No. I would say no either. I would say no too, in fact. That is your Backlash pay-per-view. Raw and SmackDown this week. Next week is a big week. We have Raw, SmackDown. We have the Backlash pay-per-view on Sunday. Not quite sure of what the schedule is going to be. Follow us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Speaking of great, Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. Razor Ramon. There's Scott Hall's in the news this week. Scott Hall's giving away NWO jerseys at independent baseball leagues and then getting kicked out of airport bars. This guy's had a busy week. But we're going back into better times. Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, the ladder match. WrestleMania 10 memories from the uh, day this match took place memories from the era and memories rewatching it. Jeff back when you could make a Cuban drug dealer, a face. (laughs) It's actually my favorite story is that nobody in the upper echelons of creative Vincent. I think it was Patterson had never seen Scarface. They thought Scott Hall was coming up with this on his own. What year is this again? Remind me, is this 93? Sounds, uh, well, when was WrestleMania 30? WrestleMania 30 was uh, 13, right? Or 14. <laughs> I'm going to say 1994. I'm going to say it was 1994. Okay. This is... Uh, I'm going to look it up, though. I actually didn't uh, get the date, but I'm going to say, yeah, WrestleMania f- uh, 10 was in March of 1994 at Madison Square Garden yes. in front of attendance of 18,065 people. It was 10 years in the making. That's right. I love when WWE does this. The 25th anniversary of WrestleMania when it's not actually 10 years in the making of WrestleMania 10 as if it was like a year before the first WrestleMania. They were like, man, we're going to make all these WrestleManias. We're going to get to WrestleMania 10. I love it. I love when they do stuff with time because they don't know. WWE doesn't seem to know how time works. Hmm. This was that's my, my that's my takeaway from the show. <laughs> I believe I watched this on Scramble Vision originally. Would have uh, had to, right? Yeah, I I wasn't into the wrestling at the time. Like I didn't know wrestling existed at this time. I'm like nine years old, right? Uh, eight years old, whatever it was. I didn't know wrestling existed at this time. Like I really didn't get into wrestling. When I say I didn't get into it until I was like twelve years old, I didn't know it existed until I was twelve. Okay, I was in college at the time. Um, You're so old, Jeff. Heavy into my RSPW fandom, and we'd have chat rooms for all the pay-per-views and, and things like that, and we'd what listen was, along. What and, was your ICQ number? Oh, wow. I forgot, but I had ICQ for a very short time. This was after. That's after college. That's That wasn't until I moved out to L.A. in, like, 96. This yeah. was ICQ wasn't around then, but RSPW was, and uh, IRC was, the Internet Relay Chat. So oh, yeah. A bunch, of, a bunch of us would come go in into a chat room for the uh, for the shows and chat along and do, like, live play-by-play while we listened slash watched. Um WWF at the time was a mixed bag. I mean, cause you had, you had the, Owen, I mean, you had the Bret Hart's of the world, you know, who were great. You know, Shawn Michaels was still kind of on the rise here when he got this match. 
but it was still a bunch of cartoon characters that everybody kind of crapped on. And, and right now, the, the, the federation on the come was ECW, for the most part, because they were getting all these great indie stars from Japan who could work, like you know the Malenkos and the Benoits, and Sabu was breaking tables, and that was seen as edgy, and this was seen as kind of kitty crap, although there were still things you could take from it. I mean, Jim Cornette was still doing great mic work, but Yokozuna wasn't doing much as a champ, to be honest with you. And especially, you know, they were pitting him up. They were still doing the Hogan template, including using Hogan <laughs> with Yokozuna. But they were doing it with Bret Hart, so to speak. And they were trying it with Lex Luger, who, you know, still had a bit of a stink on him from leaving the NWA, WCW, the quote-unquote grown-up fed, although WCW was having its own issues with terrible booking and terrible gimmicks at the time. So it was a down... I mean, it was really a time for Smoky Mountain Wrestling, ECW, and those types of indies, and especially Japan. Japan was really good in this era because Muda and Chono were over there doing their thing, and and... WWF was tough to watch and you kind of had to find the stuff you liked. And then this match, um, Razor Ramon had won a battle Royal to take the intercontinental championship, which has been stripped from Shawn Michaels due to a drug suspension, if I recall correctly. And Shawn Michaels came back and laid claim to the throne that this was his title really. And so you had two intercontinental belts hanging from the ceiling. Uh, Kevin Nash had just come in as Diesel to be his bodyguard, and I think Sherry had moved on to DiBiase by now. My timeline may be a bit mixed up on that. But but D, but Ramon had been turned face through the one, two, three kid DiBiase angle, which was very odd because nobody ever saw Razor Ramon as a baby face. And I think the crowd basically turned him baby to the point where yeah, he's the baby face in this match, which is very weird. But then we get this ladder match. And Rob, I hadn't watched this match in a very long time. I had seen it before, of course, but I hadn't seen it in a very long time. I love the simplicity of this match. I, I do, because for all the spots we've seen and how the ladder matches have evolved and whatnot, and now just feels like white noise after the... A lot of times, yeah. Oh, for sure. And the tag team. But the simplicity of everything being done and the oohs and the ahs of the crowd, especially like when Shawn Michaels hit that drop kick on the ladder. Yeah. Uh, to to Ramon on the outside, and everybody just kind of oohed and awed. Or when he rode the the ladder down across the fallen Ramon, I mean, and the pop that got, I was like, I want that back. I want the ladder to feel like it hurt, and the ladder being twisted steel after all this stuff really brought a lot of drama to this. And not getting a lot of credit, even though he should, is is for his size. Razor Ramon was bumping off this thing like a madman. And it was obvious these two had an affinity for each other. And of course, you know, all three are very well-known backstage politicians, but you know, Shawn Michaels is almost in that Hogan selling mode on this ladder, especially that one spot where it bounces off the ropes and he has to basically yank it back to fall back on the ground. I mean, he is doing his best to sell the drama here. And this match is, is great. There's nothing really bad you can say about this match. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. I, the, the only <laughs> they of course, I always look at logic here and we we've had this before in different matches. If it's a no DQ match where all matches are allowed, how do you justify throwing <laughs> diesel out away from ringside? If everything's allowed, but of course you can then justify it by saying, well, he wasn't the one or he wasn't one of the competitors right. throwing 
the thing. I, you can do. I can do an Enzo and Cass in my head about it. Yes. like you did. <laughs> you you have the match <laughs> with two people, and you want those two people. Those two people can do anything. Third person can't yeah. do anything. Get that this, guy out of here. This match over delivered from my memory. Well, I it tell really you what, did. it really did. Part of it might have been the fact that this match comes smack dab in the middle of like a series of just complete shit. Yes. I mean, this, this, this WrestleMania 10 is terrible. Leilani Kai and Alundra Blaze, crap. (laughs) Men on a Mission, the Quebecers, crap. Lex Luger, Yokozuna, crap. Earthquake and Atom Bomb, crap. Uh, Don't even know what you can call that. And then the main event of Bret Hart, Yokozuna. When you have a WrestleMania and Yokozuna's working twice. (laughs) And Bret Hart, right? Bret Hart worked twice, too. He was in the opener. Uh, Very good Owen Hart match. Yes, the Owen Hart match was great. Yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon from this uh, pay-per-view. Five stars from Mr. Dave Meltzer. Uh, yeah, he went all the way with it. Uh, you talk and about simplicity. At the time, though. At the time. It, at the time, I could see why he gave this five stars. Yeah. Because it was so. It was new. It was exciting. Yep. Yeah. And it, it was and crazy at the time because you weren't seeing that anywhere. And this isn't the cheap aluminum ladders necessarily right. either that they use now, kind of. I mean, this is a. I mean, it wasn't the most reinforced ladder in the world, but it, I mean, it was a real ladder, so to speak, yeah. as opposed to kind of gimmicked a bit. Not that not that the moves today are any less painful or anything. <laughs> they just don't mean as much as they do in this right. match. Yeah. You could train the audience to go back to this time, I think, if you wouldn't do things like the WrestleMania ladder match from this year where you got guys killing themselves. Same with Money in the Bank. They're killing themselves and then they're coming back the next Monday for a three hour raw to work those. And you're just like, well, what's the use of the violence then other than a bad stunt show? I mean, this was real violence to me. I mean, they were using the ladder, not, you know, like what was the moves that I always complain about? Oh, the ones where they lay a guy on top of the ladder and then do like a shooting star press off of it to go down. And I'm like, why, why would you do that in any kind of logic? All these ladder spots were fairly logical. I thought. Zack Ryder actually has the uh, the written input on the WWE.com page where they list the top 100 matches to see before you die, which is what this countdown is. Uh, this match came in at number 19. Uh, Zack Ryder says about this match, it was an incredible match, and if you watch it back now, it still holds up like a great movie. It's very innovative and not dated at all. They do stuff in that match that's never been replicated. It stands the test of time. So Zack Ryder said... And a lot match. of it, a lot of it's due to the crowd. This yeah. crowd is hot. MSG baby. After, watch, after watching that, cr- after watching this crappy show, they wanted something, they to wanted cheer something about. like this. They, they wanted, wanted something it. like this. They wanted it and they got it. That was match number 19 on the top 100 matches to see on WWE network before you die. Uh, match number 18, which I don't know if we'll get to next week. It'll probably be the next, the week after just because we have all these shows to talk about with backlash and the cruiserweight classic finale. Uh, within the next two episodes, we'll talk about Mr. Perfect versus Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam 1991. I can say just based on memory, that match absolutely des- uh, deserves the top 20 slot. It's thought of as the quintessential Intercontinental title match. Thought of so, all, yeah. in a way, too. Uh, I mean, what's better for Mr. Perfect? It- it, oh, there, Mr. Perfect never had a better match unless you maybe, maybe the 60 minute Broadway with, uh, with Nick Bockwinkle, but, but there's, but no, there's not a better Mr. Perfect match and there's not a better match since then from him, uh, in his career. And I think this is really the match that solidified 
I mean, you it had the reputation of it being the worker's belt, so mm-hmm. to speak, but this really solidified it as that in canon, so to speak. Old school for a moment. What did you uh, think? Have you seen it already? The uh, Battle of Atlanta, Buzz Sawyer, I did. Tommy Rich. What did you think about I, that being put up on the WWE Network? I, I was looking forward to it because I've heard so many things about it. I mean, there's a few good things in this Gems collection that I really, really like. Um, and I wanted to see, so I've, I've been kind of watching through a few of those, but th- for the match itself, great bloody cage match, loved it, found the finish a bit flat because I mean, the lack of referee to do it over the PA system leaves a little something to be desired, I think, but the fight itself is great. The aftermath fight between Ellering and Ole Anderson, I face Ole Anderson, which is Shocking to hear crowds chant Ole Anderson's name, especially given my upbringing, and then a beatdown afterwards of Jake Roberts. I, you know what? Th- this is my, and I say this a lot. This is my wheelhouse. I like burly powerlifters with dad bods beating on each other. That's wrestling to me. Loved it. Do you listen to STR for wrestling talk? Yes, seventy four. No, twenty six. We got some responses here. Uh, Robert Smith says yes. Crap game thirteen does a great job. Outstanding. I like that. And uh, don't read anything by Sean Sloan. Wow. Does a great job. Uh, we had our second poll. 58% say yes, of course. 42% say duh. The question being, does Rob bring intelligent discourse to the wrestling pod sphere? So 100% say yes, I do. Were you the only one who voted? No. <laughs> I was not. MK says you produce a show that brings us crap game 13. So yes, technically you do bring us the intelligent discourse. Jeff Hawkins. That's a pro <laughs> that's props for you, buddy. And a backhanded compliment it. for myself. Yeah. Backhanded compliments. Still compliments. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old, or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican jerk Turkey sub at firehouse subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 